Pray for him, would you? Pray for him. Happy July 4th. What a great day. And uh, so fun to see you here. I saw a few of you raise your hand that have company here and a family coming in. How many of you are actually going to go eat somewhere else and let them do the work? And you, Okay, the moochers. I like that. That's so good, you guys. Have a blast. It is, it is a great weekend. I always look forward to this weekend. And just to say, uh, and Pastor Terry mentioned it too, the gratitude that we should have toward people who fought a lot of battles for us to be able to be sitting in this room today, freely worshiping, freely expressing love to God, being able to pray out loud, being able to own a Bible. And uh, I love the fact that we are in a, a wonderful nation and a free nation. And um, Having said that, I also know, because of what I'm talking about today, uh, walking in the Spirit and the temptation of Jesus that there are a lot of people who are in this country who are not free, spiritually speaking. And uh, that's why the freedom we have in Christ is the greatest freedom of all. There are people in countries who are not free, who can't read a Bible legally, who can't own it legally, who can't wear a symbol legally, but they are free, <laughs> spiritually. And uh, I love that about God, because once you have the power of the Spirit at work in your life through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you're free. And uh, that just means a lot, but it does mean so much to be in a, in a place like America where we can freely express our love and worship to God. So have a party, celebrate. How many of you doing fireworks outside the city limits? <laughs> yeah, be careful with that stuff, all right? And hopefully we won't get rained out tonight, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. Always, always a good time. I think about... Uh, Freedom, I'm thinking the next uh, three weeks would be a good time slot, and then Pastor Jeff may even tack a couple more on. But, but for the next three weeks, I want to talk to you about, I've called the series, Beyond You. Beyond You. And the idea of the series is this concept that walking with the Spirit and in the Spirit, as scary as that may sound, and I'm going to break that down in a second, is really beyond you or your ability it's life outside flesh and blood. It's beyond the human realm. Now, we live in a spiritual world, no doubt. No matter where you go in the world, people always worship something. Even an atheist worships something. They just haven't identified. It might just be themselves. But we all worship something. God put a vacuum in us to be worshipers of something. When I say beyond you, have you ever used the phrase when you see something in math or science or maybe the expanse of the universe and you just can't comprehend it and you say, that's just like beyond me. It's, it's, it's farther than where you can go logically. It's beyond what you can think of or comprehend. Well, that's what I want this series to be about. I want it to be about that spiritual stuff that is beyond our flesh and blood ability to discern or see. The Bible talks about walking in the Spirit so that you might not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And when we talk about walking in the Spirit, what does that mean? Because I'm not necessarily a, a person who likes to make it spooky. Have you ever met a spooky Christian whose spiritual is everything? It's like I'm just praying about the socks that I wear today. I want them to bless God. And I want them to make a difference in the world. And It's like... <laughs> It's not going to happen. God doesn't care about it. Just wash them next time, right? 
You know, which door should I go in at the grocery store because someone's going to be there that I'm going to talk to. And we get all weird about things. Now, we do have divine moments that the Spirit leads us into. I believe that. But we are not called to make it spooky. We are called to walk in the Spirit and discern and be aware. And when those beyond you moments come, sometimes it's surprising. Other times it's not a surprise because you know God has led you to specific places, to certain circumstances. And Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted. Now today we're talking a little bit about temptation and what temptation does. We, we need to understand that temptation comes to all of us, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of whether you're a new Christian or a, a Christian who's walked with God your whole life. Temptation is a part of your daily routine. And hopefully you are overcoming sin by navigating through temptation properly. That's what Jesus wants for you. That's what He wants for me. So if I'm going to overcome temptation, I'm going to have to live beyond me. It's beyond us. It's walking in the Spirit. And I've talked about our words today because Jesus says some powerful words when He's tempted. Where do our words come from? Our brain, right? Well, how many of you sometimes say things your brain didn't think through very well? Okay? I get that. I've been there too. But, but really, our words are very important. They come out of our thought process. So what we say really matters. So beyond you, your words today, look at it. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 35. Um, this isn't in your notes yet, so just listen to this. It's not on the screen, I don't believe. It says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on Judgment Day for every word that you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. So, so when we look at our words, and we look at the words of Jesus, it matters to God, our thought process, and then what words come out from that thought process. Now, Jesus is going to be tempted. He's just about to launch his ministry. A lot of cool things are going to happen after this temptation. But isn't it weird how sometimes before we get to the good, we got to fight the battle? And that's what's happening here. So let's go. In Matthew chapter 4, you can just lay your Bible open, leave it there. We're just going to go verse by verse through this temptation. The first thing in your outline is this, the power of saying no. There is a time in our lives when we just learn to say no. It's a powerful word. Let me read Matthew 4, verse 1, when Jesus said no. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted, and he became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell those stones... To become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no. Say it with me. No. Say it again. No. It just feels good to say that. I don't have any young kids in my house anymore, so I haven't said that like that in a while. The Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's interesting, in Matthew 4 that it says Jesus was led by the Spirit 
you would think the next phrase would be, into the new job, into the perfect relationship, into blissful thinking. No, he was led by the Spirit into the what? Wilderness. Now, no one chooses to go into the wilderness. Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Why is that? It's to let us know that we are not immune to temptation. It's to let us know it is not a sin to be tempted. I've met people who feel guilty because they're so tempted by something. And, and we've got to overcome that because it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when we yield to that temptation and we give a, a, become a, our lifestyle embraces those things that, that tempt us. So temptation is always going to be a part of our lives. But if we learn to say no, if those words can come out of our mouth from our heart, then it enables us to say yes to other things. When you can say no, in a sense, you're saying yes to something else. Do you get that? Just like when you say yes to something, you might be saying no to something else. And, And as our lives have the Spirit leading us, saying no and knowing when to say no becomes very, very important. I, as a matter of fact, believe temptation is a very important part of your spiritual formation as a believer. So what what does that mean? When I watch believers who do not recognize temptation in their life, they rarely overcome it. But when I began to recognize I was being tempted in my life, I could create the battle. I could know where the lines were. You know, when people just run through the fences and they don't even know they're, they're, they've already yielded to the temptation when they got in the car and drove over there. They've already yielded to the temptation when they invited that friend house. How many of you know what I'm talking about? See, so, so it's important for us in our lives to say, do I recognize when I'm being tempted? Because that's a very important spot. And then the strength that we have to overcome that temptation is not flesh and blood. It's spirit. It's being led by the spirit. We've used this analogy over the years, and I, I want to keep using it for more years, because I could just stand here today and say, I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow, and I'm going to average six-minute miles. And you would laugh. Because I could try. How many of you know I could try? If I failed tomorrow, I could try again the next day. If I failed the next day, I could try again the next day. Chances are pretty good that I could just try randomly five times a year and never accomplish it. Why? Because trying doesn't cause it to happen. Training causes it to happen. Changing my life so that I can prepare myself for that moment. That's how temptation is. It's not just trying harder. I watch people all the time. Oh, I hate myself for doing this. I do this over and over and over and I hate myself. I hate myself. I'm going to try harder. No, you're not. Trying harder won't help you. You already did that. But now you've got to step back and realize flesh and blood is not going to win a spiritual battle. But being led by the Spirit and the renewing of your mind, greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. I then begin to rely on something different than myself or my own strength. You're never going to be tempted beyond what you can, you can handle. And uh, before we dive into the outline, let me just read from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's not in your outline, but you might want to make a reference to it because it's, I think it's a real freeing verse about temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. If you think you are strong, uh, standing strong, be careful not to fall. 
The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Aren't you thankful for that? When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. Wow, I am so thankful for that. What was the first temptation that Satan gave to Jesus in the wilderness? Turn these stones into what? Bread. How long had he gone without eating? Forty days. Isn't that amazing that, that Satan starts with the need of the flesh? The flesh and blood need? It's, it's a huge thing for us to get it in our minds right. Jesus, how many of you know he was fully the Son of God? Did Satan know that about him? Yes, he did. Did Satan know he could turn those stones into bread? Of course he did. That's why it's a real temptation. It's not just an imaginative thing. And so Jesus, being fully God, had to have a moment when he's thinking, not only am I hungry, not only could I turn those into bread, I could turn them into like grandma's baked bread with butter and everything. (laughs) He knows good bread. And he could do it just as easy. So is there a temptation there? Yeah, the Bible says he's hungry. So there is a temptation there. But he says, no. He, he recognizes that that is not the use of my power. I am not going to be self-centered with my deity. And I'm not going to use these gifts just for good old number one. And that's a powerful thing because I watch our culture and I would say, I hate to put a percentage on it because it, who knows, for different people it's different. But the first place that Satan gets a stronghold in most people is the temptation of the flesh. And that can be not just sexual sin, though it's a part of it. Things like greed, materialism, it's the need for more, it's the want, it's the desire It's the I deserve it. I've worked hard for this. It's the flesh rising up that refuses to be pushed down. We don't like to say no to those things of the flesh. And it's very gratifying to fulfill those things of the flesh. Why? Because it's instant gratification. And gratification that takes discipline and time and energy and so much longer, we're not used to waiting for that. So anything that brings us instant gratification is very satisfying to us. That's why lust is a part of it. Eating, this whole thing. Jesus is being tempted to satisfy the flesh. You will be as well. But we can overcome that temptation by training our minds and hearts to find that no in our mind and our vocabulary. Now this continues. Let's go to the second thing in your notes. Because not only did Jesus say no, he said, number two there, the power of saying also. I've never seen this in the temptation of Jesus. I've, I've preached on this when you pastor this many years, you know, the temptation of Jesus. There's hundreds of sermons that have been broken down from these passages, and I love them, and I love reading them. But I've never quite seen this concept before, and I'm, I'm intrigued by it, and I want you to open your heart to it. Um, verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you are the Son of God, jump off. For the Scriptures say, that's kind of weird, here's the devil quoting Scripture. He will order his angels to protect you, 
and they will hold you up with their hands. So you won't hurt even, you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, the scriptures, what's the word? Also say. There's an also. Now what, what Satan had, had quoted out of Isaiah was in fact scriptural. It was a scripture. But Jesus comes back and say, scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Do you know that the devil knows scripture? <laughs> Very well, better than any of us. That's why we have so much twisted theology in our world. It's because he loves to take a little bit of truth or a lot of truth and a little bit of lie and mix it in and make it all a little bit of lie. And, and I mean, you, you get around theologians and, and disagreements and debates, and I've been there, I'm done you, it's ugly. And Satan loves for us to pull out one scripture here, one passage there, build a theme around it, not looking at the whole context of the Bible and God's story and God's plan for who we are. And so Satan does this to Jesus. He says, hey, this is what the Bible says. Why don't you go ahead and jump? And Jesus says, well, also it says something else. You don't need to tempt God. When I, when I look at this particular temptation, I, I think of the fact that Jesus is immediately remembering what else the Bible says. And he's remembering there's something more than just this one fact in the temptation. How many of you go back to the days of Paul Harvey? You remember Paul, you know, great newscaster, and he he always ended. It seemed like the years I listened to him, um, he always ended his broadcast. He would tell you some bizarre story that kind of didn't make sense, and then he would come back in the last sixty seconds, and he would say, "And now for the the rest of the story," and you're sitting there wondering and waiting, what? How did that make sense? And then he tells you. The also. He tells you the rest of the story. And it sheds light on the first part of the story. And all of a sudden, it's not this that matters. It's this that matters. See, Jesus was wise enough to know, yeah, the Bible does say this, but it also says this. And that's the big part for me. I was, the other day, Bonnie and I, we love summertime. And um, we have such great evenings, you know, and it kind of cools down and I'm sort of warm-blooded, so I'm ready for the sun to go down. And uh, me is more cold-blooded, so she loves it when it's just before it goes down. You know, how many of you have this dilemma in your life? Let's let's pray. And so I found this wonderful little propane heater. It's not one of those like big ones, but just this little one. It sits on a, on a table. It's like a camping thing, I think. And she can move that right over by her and. She can stay warm, and I can cool off, and we are a happy family. It is so cool. And um, we had out the other day just kind of learning about it and <laughs> fired it up. And I, it says on the top of this disc, it says, hot, hot, all the way around. I said, because it's going to be by her more than it is me. I said, Bonnie, be really careful, because this is hot. When, when this, and she went. She reached right over and touched it to see if it was hot. I said, honey, you're taking me back to when our kids were three. You just reached over there and touched that. You could have left half your finger on that thing. What are you thinking? I'm married to a toughie, let me tell you. It didn't even phase her. She's like, oh, it's not that hot. Baby. See, that curiosity can sometimes take you down the road of temptation. 
And you don't even realize you're going to end up getting burned. You don't even realize it's leading you. It's a path. But the Holy Spirit, which is beyond you, that Spirit which dwells in you, it overcomes flesh and blood, can quicken your mind. It can bring a revelation that this is not path I'm on. And I need to think about the also in my life. Let me give you an example. You'll, you'll appreciate this one. Simple. Let's say you've been working out. You've lost a little weight. You're doing really good. You're really trying hard. And you go to your favorite restaurant with your favorite dessert. And you're all done, but you're still hungry. And you've been eating so healthy. But that little voice says, go ahead. Eat that triple layer, seven kinds of chocolate, fudge, top, syrup, dripping, cream-filled dessert. Just this once, you'll, you'll enjoy it. And as you're drooling, you say, and also, I would gain back the two pounds it took me so long to lose and throw me back into my old eating habits that were terrible, and all the time, energy, and knowledge I have gained so far in this process would be completely wasted, and I would hate myself tomorrow and want to throw myself off a bridge, so I shall not eat of it. Right? There's also in the equation, see? Now, if we don't take the time to think about the also, the old habits win. Always. Always. Instant gratification. So that, if you apply that to so many areas of our life, it's why we have a hard time overcoming. It's why um, it's tough. I, I, I meet people all the time who have just so many issues to just charge it. Because I can get it now. I can take it home. I'll pay, I'll pay later. That's why lust is such a terrible master. And I, and I, hear, I hear people who, who give themselves to flirting with disaster in their lives. They work their whole life to build character. And then they start thinking, that coworker appreciates me more than my spouse does. And, you know, they care and they listen to me. I've had it said to me, but they just, they just seem to care more about my life and when they put their hand on my shoulder, it's so sensitive and it's so powerful. And, and guess what? You, you already lost. You, the Spirit is going, hello, 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 hello. And you're going, and it's so wonderful. And the red flashing lights are going everywhere and you're oblivious because the need. And then suddenly you go down that road and the disaster, the reality because we didn't think of the also. We didn't think of the rest of the story. I love the phrase that says, what takes a lifetime to build, talking about character, takes only a moment to lose. And guys, let's be people. Let's be the people of God who pay attention. Jesus was not sucked into this temptation. He didn't worry about trying to prove He was God or that He was loved that they would catch him if he jumped off. Does God love me enough? Here I go. God, do you really care? Are you up there? Boy, we, we bite that hook all the time. And Jesus said, no, I don't need to do that. Because I don't need to test God. Because it's my walk with faith that's beyond me. Life in the Spirit, knowledge, revelation of truth that causes me to win these battles. Number three in your outline. i got to hurry, don't I? Wow. You're worried about the rest of those notes. Well, they're going to go quick, okay? The power of command, number three. The power of command. He doesn't say no this time. He doesn't say also. He just puts it out there um, in a command. Verse 8. 
Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It's almost like, do you get the feeling there that Jesus is just done? It's like, you know what, I've tried to, I've tried to have a little conversation here, but it's not helping. Time for you to go. Get out of my life. And I think there's something really wonderful for you and I to be able to grasp a reality of temptation in our lives. When we're battling the same old grind, there comes a day when the Spirit leads us to a moment of revelation when we say, no more. I'm not biting that hook again. I'm not doing that. And we build safeguards in our life and we've trained and disciplined our minds and now we live free. Talk about some. We live free. And we almost smile when we're tempted by that old lifestyle. And it tickles us because we say, get behind me. I am not going back down that road. Goodbye. It's over. That's exactly what Jesus did. Sometimes we must simply be in command of our feelings and our emotions. That's difficult to do, but the leading of the Spirit helps us do that. Jesus doesn't mess around with temptation. He says, get out of here. Number four, results that are beyond you. Now, these results that you're going to see in one simple verse, I think encourage us, and that's what they're supposed to do. Verse 11 says, Then the devil went away. Don't you like it when he goes away? (laughs) The devil went away. And the angels came and took care of Jesus. One translation says, the angels came and ministered. You know, my thought when I typically read this passage, I'm thinking, well, why didn't the angels with the very first temptation, why didn't they come and grab Jesus when he was tempted to turn the stones into bread and like pull him off? Jesus, don't do it. Plug your nose. Don't smell the bread. You know, why wasn't there some big safeguard moment? I want to say to you and me, sometimes when the leading of the Spirit is talking to our hearts and our minds, and it's because that discipline leads us to a place where the Spirit begins to minister to us when we win those battles through the help and strength of God. Great battles mean great celebration and great victory. And, and I want that for you and for me. The angels came and ministered to Him. I want more of that in my life. And sometimes people miss the best part of the movie because they're hung up in all the the stuff that went on. And for us today, let's say, let's be people who walk it through. There are three big lessons or, or takeaways that I want you to leave with today. Number one in your outline is this. And these are just statements. We can resist temptation. We can. It's a fact. We can do it. And I want us to be able to do it. Um, As we resist, we find greater strength. If you make it one day, you might be able to make it two. If you can make it two, you can make it three. And the more wins you put behind you, the better off you are in the long haul. You can resist it. The devil doesn't make you do it. (laughs) I know Flip Wilson. Was it Flip Wilson who had a lot of fun with that? Number two, there is... Another takeaway is that we can create our future. We're we're talking about Jesus today because he didn't jump off the cliff. He didn't turn stones to bread. 
The power of no, the power of also, the power of command gave him a future. And it set us free. When you say no and you learn to say also and you have the command and you know greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, you set up your future. Now people say, oh, you can't control your future. Oh, I I push back on that. I think you can more than you think, more than you give yourself credit for. And I, I have to say this, obviously, I realize you can't always control what someone does to you or says about you, but you have full control always about your role in every relationship you have. Full control. It's your choice. Don't give them power over you. But be a person who says, I release it. I create my own future when I do that. And the last thing, number three, is we truly are living in a spiritual world. You know, I, I want you to believe that. I want you to know that there's a battle out there raging. I want you to know that, that there are challenges that we have to overcome. Right now, there's a battle going on in the, with your tires. See, well, that sounds kind of crazy. It's a great analogy. There's a thing called tire pressure. Ever heard of that? What's your tire pressure right now in your car, approximately? 32, 35? I should know this one. Tire man over here. Um, you know, it might be 40, it might be 32, 28, whatever, wherever you set it. But what, what is that tire pressure for? It's basically to hold your car up. Guys, there's a battle inside that tire right now. If you could, if you could take a scientific way of looking at all the energy that's spinning inside of there. Why? Because there's pressure. The gravity of the car is pushing down. And the, the tire pressure is holding it up. And it's this constant, oh, man, you're heavy. Buy a motorcycle. (laughs) See, the idea is that that tire pressure works. It it holds it up, but there's a battle. You don't see it. You don't think about it when you go out. When you're driving around, you're not thinking about that unless you lose all pressure in your tires and you can't go anywhere. And that's how temptation is. You walk out of here today, temptation is going to be there. It's going to hit you in the face. And it's an invisible battle And we have to be led by the Spirit to understand how to overcome those battles. And that's what I want for you, and that's what I want for me. And that's what I want us to pray for today. So just, would you join me for a prayer that invites God to help us in temptation, that we can be led by the Spirit. Lord, thank you today for your heart in this room, for the way you care for us, for freedom as we celebrate it as a nation. We also celebrate it in our spiritual lives. We are truly grateful. We need you, Lord. We need you to make a difference. I want to pray over several groups of people with heads bowed in this room today. I want to start with those of you like Jesus who had the angels came and ministered to him. You're just tired. You need the angels to minister. Maybe you've been fighting temptation. Maybe you've made some mistakes and you feel beat up and worried and you're anxious and there are issues in your life and you just say, I need peace. I need the Spirit of God to soothe me, to pour fresh water in me. I need to be refreshed today. And I don't mean in a selfish sense. I mean, spiritually, you're tired. You guys, this is a good one to respond to because God can do that. The Spirit can quicken you in your thinking and in your mind. Just nod to God or lift your hand if that's you. Would you right now? Lord, I pray for brothers and sisters in this room who genuinely need a touch, a fresh touch from you. Open the fountain. Let them drink this water that you can give and you choose to give. Father, I pray for a a refreshment in their heart, their spirit, 
when the battle has been long, when the days are hot, when their mouth is, is, is dry, God, I just ask you to be the God who gives living water to the soul that's parched. We trust you in that now. God, we need you. We confess our need of you. Just tell him you need him right now. Lord, I need you. I need you. I need your grace. I need your mercy. Secondly, I want to pray for some of you that would just say, I've, I've got to learn that place when I yield to temptation. Because it's not the, the point of acting out sin. The, the act of sin happens way after you've already yielded to the temptation. And so if you're thinking, well, I always do this, that's my sin. No, that's not your sin. Your sin is way back an hour before or a day before or a week before when you're letting your mind dwell on something it shouldn't be dwelling on. And the Spirit can help you with that. So I want to pray over some of you that would say, I've got to get my spirit man awakened a little more. I need to be more intuitive and more sensitive, not spooky, but truly, I need to walk in the Spirit. And if you want me to pray that, if we want to pray that together. Just lift up your hand for that. It's, it's all of us in some ways. But, Lord, we want to walk in the Spirit. Without making it scary or spooky, we just yield to you today to say, we know you have a plan. And so we give ourselves to you fully. And we trust you today. Help us to walk in your Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Thank you for it, God. But not just to try harder, but to yield more to learn, to think, to process where that strength comes from. And finally, Lord, for those today that just uh, need to absolutely no longer give in to those temptation moments, that you'll forgive sin, that you'll cleanse the mind and heart, purify us, oh God. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, I love you guys. It's so fun to be doing life with you like this. Let's, let's keep working at... Uh, loving God and trusting Him and yielding to His grace. He's already won. You know that. The battle is His, and uh, now let's trust Him. Ushers, come. This is our time when we continue to worship through giving. Guys, thank you through the summer and through the year of being faithful in your stewardship and tithing and give through Timberline. That's how we like to say it. We have a big vision, lots of ministries, lots of outreach. You're truly making a difference. And uh, God bless you in that. If you are a guest today, uh, we don't ask you to give. Just drop your communication card in. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for uh, the opportunity to worship you now. Just by writing a check or giving sacrificially, just help us to do what you put in our hearts. But thank you for people who care to worship this way and believe out of obedience to follow you this way. Lord, I also ask you to help us as we are very aware of, of accountability and responsibility for every penny. Help us to steward this well, to bless your name, to use it wisely for your glory as a family, as a fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's worship God as we give. God bless. We bless your name today, Lord. Thank you for your peace and mercy. Lord, we just ask as we go out of here today that we would bless you and your name, that we would walk in the Spirit, that we would be led by the Spirit. God, that we would not yield to temptation, but we would yield to the leading of the Spirit in our lives. And even next week, Lord, as you talk to us, and as your Word shows us how to be a blessing and how we can make a difference in other people's lives, I ask you to prepare us for that. Help every person in these auditoriums to win these battles that happen every day so that we might walk in obedience to you. We love you. We give you glory. In Christ's name.
Amen. Come on, you couples. We need some golfers next Sunday. So get out there and sign up. Let's have some fun. That'll be a good time. God bless you. Go by the tables. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being at Timberline.